Well, it's been a while, but it's episode 233 of the Canes cast. And Shane, I'm actually in Raleigh to record this with you, but I think I'm going to be on the road by the time people hear this. Well, brothers don't shake hands. Brothers got a hug, Mike. Where have you been? <laughs> Where haven't I been? It's probably the better question. Shane, don't run from your feelings. Instead, run with a Stormbrew, the fine, fine sponsor who presents Kane's Cast. Stormbrew by R&D Brewing. Go visit them. They have a wonderful tap house on Capitol that you should go visit. Uh, pick that up at your favorite grocery store or place where you buy Beverages of the hops and malted variety. And if they don't have it, ask for it by name. Stormbrew that presents Kane's Cast, episode 233. Been yeah, a get, while. Yeah, get stocked up before um, the team actually comes back to Raleigh and there's a solid seven games at home uh, to the end of December, Mike. Cannot wait for that, honestly. I've been home, as my wife said, it's going to be nice to see you for 51 hours for a change. Yeah. So what are you going to do? Uh, I slept most of the first 24. Now she's mad? No, she was fine. She understood <laughs> that. So I, uh, I actually got some things around the house done. I think I changed the light bulb. When's the last time you took a red eye? Uh, one of our last trips. Last year? No, this year. We took a red, we took a red eye coming back. Uh, give me... Before Anaheim? Yeah. We took a red eye flying back from, uh, I think, Chicago. That does not count as a red eye. You fly at midnight back to the East Coast, it sure, sure counts to me. Chicago's not the West. It's the Midwest. <laughs> I love it. We're starting debates that I think will happen throughout this show. Well, Scott Burnside's going to join us here because it's been a while since we've talked to Scott, and we'll get his take on the Canes. Are you, are you like, in a contentious mood because I haven't been here and you have need to spar with somebody? Because if you want to go, I got Jack Johnson and Tom O'Leary right here. <laughs> I think it's just uh, just my emotions coming out, Mike. It's been too long. Oh, fair enough. I mean, I got that. Although I will debate if you've been in Colorado and Chicago and then you fly home after uh, being in the mountain time zone and then the central time zone. Let our fans tweet at you and say a true red eye is from the west to the east. So then, does, so does Vegas count is as a red eye? a red eye from Vegas? Yeah. Because Vegas isn't always on the Pacific time zone. What? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what day it is, man. <laughs> or is it Arizona? It's Arizona. It's not always on the Pacific time yes. zone. Vegas they don't honor. Fair. They don't honor uh, daylight savings. Vegas would be a red eye. Yes, but Arizona wouldn't. And Arizona is like only like a couple hundred feet. It's further from west Vegas. than Chicago. Okay, <laughs> but it's all right. <laughs> I don't even, man. I'm just happy I'm here. I love it. Where am I? I don't know where I am. What day is it today? And I don't know what I'm doing. I just know I'm Thursday. talking to you. Christmas is coming. Disney's in town. If you hear any background music coming through our microphones, Disney on Ice is warming up. All right. So the last time we talked was November 16th, and it was right before the Canes took on the Colorado Avalanche here mm. yeah. at PNC. Since then, a road trip to Minnesota and Winnipeg, Arizona here, a... Friday afternoon game in Boston after Thanksgiving where the Canes got two power play goals, but Boston just doesn't lose and doesn't lose at home. Calgary, then we are uh, two-thirds of the way through this six-game road trip, which has us come back 
to Raleigh twice in the middle of it uh, against the Islanders in Detroit. But a win at Pittsburgh, a win at St. Louis, a win at L.A., and then a point against the Ducks. So I'm going to put it to you, Shane. Let's go with the recency stuff. Seven of eight on a road trip that had you start in Pittsburgh and work your way across the country. Yeah, I mean, it's a logical trip. Um, yeah. It worked out. The winds were in the right direction. But you take that all day long. That's all I wanted to know. And now, Is seven of eight a good trip? Yes. Thank you. Oh, Period. Wait, wait. Thank you. There we go. Nice job. And, you know, we talk about, and Rod Brindamore talks about, when you get into overtime, anything can happen. I mean, you talk about his skill. I mean, yes, Anaheim's not, you know, high up in the rankings, but the skill level they have, you want to go three on three, that happens. But you take that point. And we mentioned, we're going to get into it with Scott Burnside, too. When you look at these road trips, the most impressive part to me, Mike, the Canes only have three regulation loss on the road this year. That's I don't. They know have lost more than that, but in overtime, those points are crucial. I don't know if people understand how impressive that is. To only have three regulation losses on the road in this league, and you played more than 10 games on the road, that's ridiculous. Correct. And I, I think part of it is, and we'll get into this, but part of it is the identity of the team. That this is what they do. They roll four lines when they're rolling. They're a hard team to match up against because they can match up with whatever you want to do, and it's hard for you to match up with them. And then when you're getting hat tricks from Jordan Martinook and game winners from Brett Pesci, you're doing some good things. Brady Shea's on a two-game ripper right now when it comes to scoring goals. Oh, so I was looking for the stick twirl the other night after he went shelfie again. So things are, things are starting to come together. One of the concerns for the Canes was that depth scoring. You know, where is it, where's it coming from? And where are you going to get it? I, I will still maintain, if you can tell me that Sebastian Ajo, Marty Natchez, and Andre Svechnikov are going to stay this hot all year long, the rest will fill in. It'll, it'll figure itself out. Right. And then you add back in a guy like Max Petrietti. Yeah. When he becomes healthy, team's in a good spot. Jordan Stahl, Martin Hook and Faust keep chipping in. You know young Seth Jarvis will get it going. Um, Kokaniemi. I mean, there's just too many weapons. That he's team he's has. the guy, though. If we're gonna if we're gonna pick a guy who's got to get it going, if he gets it going, then I think the sky's the limit for the Carolina Hurricanes when it comes to point production. Yeah, I love it. Maybe you know, again, when when Pat Trady comes back, what do the line combinations look like? What I mean, so many options. Oh, oh we have questions about that. Oh. Because we have the fans want us to yeah, coach the old the old Twitter is going to come through. By the way, road records this year: the Canes seventeen games played, second only to Arizona for starting the season on the road. Nine three and five, twenty three points on the road. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. So uh, again, I will use this metric, and you tell me if I'm wrong, uh, or measurement or number. So seventeen I like more of a matrix. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you, you do remind me a little bit of Keanu Reeves, Neo. The Canes have a possible 34 points that are available with the games they played on the road. 17 games, two points per game. So that means 34 would be the max points they can have. I have always believed that if you are 500 on the road, and by the way, there's a difference between 500 and NHL 500 because you get points for going to overtime. Like 500 for 16 games is 8-8 eight and eight in a traditional NFL season when they used to play 16 games, not 17. So, 
Like when people say, oh, they're 500 on the road because they're actually 9 and 8 on the road. No, they're not. They're 9, 3, and 5 because it's a points-based system, not a one-loss system. So the Canes, 17 would be the halfway point of 34 points. Yes. That's 500 on the road in the NHL. They are six points above that. That's very good. Taking it. Thank you. To the bank. All day long. Thank you. That's all. I just wanted to explain that quickly. Thank you, Michael. All our fans are appreciative. Well, no, it's just when people, like, people, like, love to slam the panic button on it. And I don't like to, I, I, can Elon Musk kill Twitter quicker than what he's doing for me? Please, Elon, if you're listening, just get rid of it. Man, I was just about to get on it. No, don't. (laughs) No, now now is absolutely the worst time for you to get on it. Definitely not have it. But somebody wrote, you know, because after wins, I like to post, you know, here's a record and a silly little gif. Yeah. I'm sure somebody's shown it to you. Or gif. I don't want people coming at me for... Even though the guy who created it. I had some GIF on my toes this morning. I do enjoy GIF. Uh, but, you know, the guy who created it said it's GIF, but everybody's like, well, it's called this. I'm like, okay, let's just move along. Uh, the thing for me is I put that up, and somebody goes, no, actually, they're this. And I had to respond, no, it's a points-based league, so they're not. And, of course, no response. So if you're going to say something, and then you are proven incorrect, be like, oh, do the Snoop Dogg. When he dropped a illicit lyric yeah. at the All Star game, send my a, bad. Send a quality GIF back. Thank you. Or GIF, <laughs> or send some GIF to me and Shane. <laughs> Love peanut butter. I know. Top three things. Smooth, smooth peanut butter. Smooth, I don't do yeah, crunchy no stuff. Crunchies. No crunchy stuff. No, no way. So uh, we have that to get into. But it was a good road trip. Uh, we're gonna have Scott Burnside join us in a minute from Burnside on Hockey, and of course, special contributor to CarolinaHurricanes.com. Shane, question I have for you though is. You look where the the Carolina Hurricanes are right now. I don't think any of us saw the New Jersey Devils getting off to this start. I know that there was hope in Jersey that they were going to be better with the additions that they made, Uh, but the Canes are second in the division. It is with everything that's happened, with the injury to Max Pacioretty and the injury to Frederick Anderson and everything that's, that's come to the Canes with this road schedule for the first 26, if you're in the, the dressing room as a player or as a coach, as a coach, you always want more. As a player, you always want more. But are you looking at, at this and going, we, we're we here and we know there's more to give? Or are you like, ah, this is where we should be? Well, I think I agree with you. Every player wants more. And you look at oh, I, By the way, I forgot Tabo Teravine had missed 10 games too. Oh, yeah, valid point. Um, this team always only takes it one day at a time. They look at the game ahead and that's it. Um there's no reason to look back and dwell on that and be like, oh, because you're still in a very good position. To me, if I was inside that locker room, what I would be looking at once you go to New York and then Detroit, I mean, I would be chomping at the bit for these home games because you got to be sitting here going, our crowd, our building, that's your time to really say, here we come. Right, and I'm sure there's teams around the league going. Look at the home games the Canes are about to jump into. Yeah, like how are we going to go into that building and win? So that to me, as a player, you're sitting positive. You're sitting in a good position. Yes, Jersey's on an amazing clip, but you're right there with them. And when you get into these home games, you have to make them count. That's so important to me of what this team has left, and I think what players are looking at right now. Yeah, and I think that's how you have to look at it, but. We can bring in a, a set of outside eyes, and we'll do that right now. So, Scott, if we get to 
we're past American Thanksgiving. We're coming up on Christmas. You know, there's generally people will tell you not a lot of movement in the standings anymore. So are the Canes right where you thought they would be from the start of the season? Maybe a little behind, maybe a little bit ahead of where you thought this team should be. Yeah, I, I would say maybe a tiny bit behind, but I think, and I think we've talked about this and yeah, I know Shane has pointed it out. <clears throat> when you looked at the hurricane schedule through the first quarter and, you know, as we approach the holiday season now, I mean, that was, it was a bear, right? November was a bear. And, you know, as we're chatting here today, they've played uh, 17 of their 26 games on the road, um, have played, you know, again, November, you know, quality competition almost every night. Uh, you know, this isn't to say there aren't quality teams in every market, but, you know, like, but the, the hurricane schedule in November was, was grueling, uh, both in terms of the travel and in terms of the level of competition. So I think, uh, you know, the fact that they're sitting in second place, um, you know, behind a surprising New Jersey Devils team, maybe a little bit behind where I thought they'd be, but I thought they'd be somewhere in that one-two spot. Um, I didn't anticipate the Devils were going to be, you know, the juggernaut that they have become with a plus 39 goal differential and 11 and one on the road. But um, I didn't see that coming, but I, I think the Canes are where sort of we imagine they, they would be. Um, and I think, you know, what bodes well for the future is that you're, you know, you're starting to see, like I've been really impressed with Seth Jarvis's play over the last couple of weeks. I think he's really found a groove where, you know, it was really difficult for him through the first month and a half of the season, right? He just, he looked like a sophomore player, you know, table caravine and getting hurt and missing, I think 10 games. Um, he's still not back in the group, but back in the lineup is critical. And, you know, at some point we're going to see Max Pacioretty and at some point, uh, presumably we're going to see Frederick Anderson back in the lineup. So um, I think all in all, I'd be pretty pleased. I think if you're a Hurricanes fan right now, don't you, what do you guys think? Wow. There is no question. I think when we looked at these road trips early in the season, I really didn't recognize the level that these guys were going to have to go out onto the road. And, you know, when you looked at it, you're like, oh, you know, you go on those couple trips and come back, it's the fair. But as it continues on, and I'm going to let you talk about this because one of the biggest things that impresses me, and every fan should look at this, when this team has been on the road, and yes, they have had some losses, only three of them, only three games on the road have been lost in regulation. How important, and I know how important this is, but talk about how important those little extra points. You got one in Anaheim going in overtime, even though you lost, how important those single points will be late in the season. And, Scotty, before you answer that, if I could chime in, because I'm on the road with this team, I just talk for a living. And there are days where you're like, where are we? And what day is it? So when I look at how grueling this schedule has been with the travel, and, uh, again, Chartered flights, understood. Nice hotels, understood. But crisscrossing time zones, asked to play the most physical, high-intensity game in professional sports night after night against the quality of competition. As you mentioned, there's no more gimmies in this league anymore either. To do what Shane just said, to only have three regulation losses on the road, it's, it's really incredible. So I think that yeah. the Canes have done more than weather the storm. Uh, I think that they forged through this, and now they've set themselves up to go on quite a run to, to be where we all expect them to be one of the top teams, not just in the division, not just in the East, but in the NHL. Yeah, no, I, I, I think all of that is very true. And I, you know, I spent a year working for the Dallas stars in 17, 18 and 
covered all every single game. And um, and you know this, Mike and Shane, because you've lived it and are living it. But and but people, they don't. You're right. People don't really understand. I don't think. And I didn't know until I was there every day. And I was the same as you, right? I'm on the plane. I'm I'm eating giant meals at midnight every night on the road trip. Uh, you know, so it's it's not it's not it's a first world problem, but it is grueling. And I, I you know I always go back to that what I learned during that season in Dallas. You know, by the end of it, and it's a team that you know sort of crumbled out of the playoffs during a long road trip in March. Um, it is just just how taxing it is, and and what you have to do to be consistently good, and to as you know as you point out, Shane. To consistently collect points, you know, I'm sure fans are like, oh, you know, you got six overtime losses. I believe it's tied with Toronto for the most in the NHL. Um, but you know what? Though that's six points, right? Like that's six points. That if you don't have that, now you're thinking, you know, are you a wild card team? Is it uh, the difference at the end of the season between home ice advantage uh, or not? So absolutely, getting those points, and even if you lose in overtime to a arguably the worst team in the NHL in Anaheim. You know, Mike, you're right. They're still an NHL player. There are good players on that team, and they are going to collect some wins at some point. Um, and to come away at the end of a long road trip with a, a, with a point, I think you have to look at the, you know, glass half full element of that kind of, um, you know, success, if you want to call it that, or that kind of result. Um, because those points are important. And, it's, you know, you think about 82 games, you have to step back and look at the bigger picture. And, and I'm with you guys. I think, you know, the next quarter, you know, the next 15 or 20 games, that'll probably take us close to the outdoor game and, and to Hall of Fame uh, moments in February. I, I think these are, you know, the team is set up very well. I'm curious to see what happens with the lineup once, um, you know, as we talk about with Pacioretty, you know, what happens with Frederick Anderson and, of course, the ripple effect uh, with Kochekov, what happens, you know, when when those things, you know, when the lineup becomes robust and healthy, as we hope it will be. Um, I'm curious to see what happens, uh, you know, what Rob Brindamore and the coaching staff and what Don Waddell and the management staff, uh, you know, what their decisions are. But, no, I think it, uh, I, I think it sets up very nicely, you know, for the for the coming weeks for sure. Well. And Anaheim, I would say Columbus stole the worst team in the league last night with that performance against Buffalo. Um, yes, true. Yes, it's quite a battle, actually. Yeah, so. to see who. I mean, I texted my son last night because I was. I mean, you know, Connor Bedard is the up and coming next Connor McDavid. Yep. If you, if anyone hasn't heard of him, the man only, young man, young, you know, youthful player only has sixty four points in twenty eight games this year in the Western Hockey League. So watch Slacker. out. Yeah, he's really let down. But one guy I want to talk about, and you just mentioned all the thoughts that Don Waddell is going to have to deal with when these players uh, become healthy. Obviously, Patrick and Anderson both skating here in Raleigh um, the past couple weeks. You know, Mike and I will weigh in on that, and Don will not listen to any of the things we say. But the one guy I want you to comment on is the youngster between the pipes. Signs an extension that will start next year. Pyotr Kochetkov, what have you liked You know about his game that has been different this year than he kind of the scene he jumped into last year for you and everything you've seen from this young man. Yeah, no, I, I, it, it's been fun to watch. And I, I just think it's, 
you know, and you're right, you know, the whirlwind. And for a guy who, you know, who's, you know, coming to North America for, for the first time and doesn't possess the language skills, you know, lots of players go through this, but for him to have uh, accomplished what he's accomplished in such a short period of time, and maybe maybe it's part of it. You know, maybe it, it, there is an element to being oblivious to what's going on around Piotr Kochekov, uh, and he just comes to work, right? He just, you know, you know, Rod points at the net, and he goes in there, and he does what he does. And maybe that's, maybe that's just part of it. Um, but he does, you know, he just plays with such enthusiasm. I know sort of technically, you know, sometimes there is, you know, he's, he's a little bit, you know, he's, he's, he's a little Dominic Hasek in him, right? There's a little bit of flailing sometimes. Um, but I do love his game and I love his compete. And I think this stretch is going to be really important for him. And, you know, I don't know what happens to him. The kid, he has to play. So Frederick Anderson comes back. I don't see, and I think this is, you know, Shane, you can speak to this, you know, having played for as long as you did, but I don't think there's a real situation that um, for NHL teams to carry three healthy goalies doesn't make any sense. And so at some point, you know, that's, that's a hard decision, right? You have to decide what you're going to do. Probably makes the most sense uh, for him to go back to Chicago and play lots of games and, you know, see what happens, uh, you know, as we get closer and closer to the playoffs. But uh, I just think, Having a, you know, a rhythm where he knows he's going to play, you know, every other game, or maybe he's, you know, he's played a little bit more than Auntie Ranta of, of late because he's been exceptional. So I, I love it. And my sense of watching the guys play, I don't think they change much. I've talked to Auntie Ranta about this. I don't think the team, you know, changes how they play all that much. He handles the puck very, very well, uh, which is something that we know that Frederick Anderson does. But, um, you know, I don't think the team changes from night to night, you know, no matter who's between the pipes. And I think that's a credit to Rod Brindamore and the coaching staff because that's that's exactly what you want. But it's been fun to watch him, and it's hard not to imagine that we are seeing the future of Carolina Hurricanes goaltending right before our eyes now. But what do you guys think? Well, I'm going to respectfully disagree with you on this one because I think, and I love this young man, I love what he brings every day, I think – you find value in whichever team is looking or in the need of a goaltender, and this kid's my guy right now. And you see which value Auntie Ranta or Freddie Anderson brings in the open market. There's a lot of things out there. A lot of play, teams are trying to make some moves, um, and I stick with the kid. I love everything he's done. Mike, I want you to comment. I'm going to lead this in because... No, that's that's good because I disagree with you. Okay, good. Because <laughs> I, I, don't, I just don't think you can have enough goaltending depth. I just can't because I go back to the last year. Because twenty three, I'm all set. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you. I'm glad you think that, and put the saddle on him. But I'm with Scott. Let's let him get a full workload in North America. He's gonna get it right here in Raleigh. Well, he will. Let me hear about it, fans. But I'm what I'm getting tweet to. Tweet at Mike. Oh, trust me, they've been tweeting at me since I said that we're doing a podcast here today. Uh, th- to that end, let him. I don't want to say further develop. We know he can play in the NHL. But let me know what, what the Canes have with Frederick Anderson and Auntie Ranta based on what we had last year. Shane, I, in case you forget, they did win the Jennings Trophy. That tandem gave up the fewest goals in the NHL. I agree. I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you when you say, hey, see what's out there. But I don't think anybody is going to give you, and Scott, this is where you can chime in because you have talked to every general manager, I think, in the history of hockey, that you are not going to get 
in return for what Frederick Anderson or Auntie Ronta can do for another team in a player that will help the Canes the way that those guys can when you need them in the net. Here's one thing for me, and Scott, I'm going to let you jump in after on that because I agree with you. I agree with the combination, but I'm going to jump into my player's mode of the effect of on this young man if you tell him he's going back to Chicago. One, here's the other part of that. Chicago is struggling, mightily struggling. Do you want to put this young goaltender down there to get peppered? And affect confidence like that. You I don't, think, I don't think his, but I don't think his confidence gets affected. You could put him on a peewee team, and he won't care. If that team's getting rocked, it affects the goalie's confidence. I, I think he wants to play hockey, and then you come into a situation. In the national, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Like Shane, I'm not going to sit there when you were playing, when you were in your prime, 20 goal sniper, Shane Willis. Yeah. You didn't want to hear, "Hey, we're going to send you down to the ECHL because we want you to get 20 minutes a night," right? You're like, you didn't care nope. if you got nine minutes as long as it's the national. That's all that matters. Look, he wants to be here. I think he, he hasn't done anything, Scott. Thanks for creating this healthy debate, Scott Burnside. I love this podcast right now. <laughs> he hasn't done anything in my mind that would tell me, oh, he needs to go to Chicago to get better. No, but I want him to play. And if Frederick Anderson and Auntie Ranta are healthy and Piotr Kochetkov is here, those guys have to play. You're not going to get trade value by sitting those two guys. Correct. So that's why... There's pieces out there. This oh, there's always pieces out there. They can help this team. There are all there are always and I'm I'm choking on my own words right now. <laughs> we're we're also we're also at a point that I think we're again, Freddie is skating, but we're we plenty of time is what I'm thinking. Oh I'm not sending him down tomorrow. But here's the thing. I'm not sending him down, fans. Even if you do though, <laughs> Shane, he's coming back. That's what I'm trying to drive the, the message at. He's coming back. So all right, Scott. Way Scott, to light that. Way to light that tinder box. You, now you jump on the box, Scott. Well, Scott, 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 and I are aligned on this one. But well, I put in some key factors. He might have changed his mind. Oh, well, that is true. Um, I, I, I might have changed, but uh, no. I, and I, and you're really listen. There's, there's no hurry. And when Frederick Anderson gets to a point where he can play games, you know, I don't know whether he'll do a conditioning. You know, will he go to Chicago and play a couple of games? Will they do a conditioning stint that way, or? Will he just ease himself back into the the, the NHL lineup? But uh, you know, we've seen you know uh, you know Auntie Ronta and Freddie Anderson when they're healthy, as as Mike pointed out, Jennings Trophy winner. So you know, but of course, the, the history of both those goaltenders has been one where health has been an issue. Durability has been an issue for both those goaltenders, and I think uh, I I don't doubt that at some point. If Auntie Ronta and Frederick Anderson are healthy and Kochekov goes back and plays games in Chicago, he will be back up. I just think it's the nature of the game. And frankly, it may just be the nature of the goaltending tandem that the Carolina Hurricanes have. But that's, you know, that's a, a possibility, if not a probability. And, um, you know, and, then, and, and I think it's important that he plays. You know, it doesn't hurt to have three healthy goalies for a short period of time. I mean, obviously, you're not going to send Kochekov down the second that Freddie Anderson is given a clean bill of health. No. I wouldn't think. No. Nope. You know, you, you want to make sure that it works. It works okay because he's a kid and, you know, happy, he's happy to be there, of course. But, you know, beyond a week or so, that would, I'm just throwing out a timeline here. I think that that's, it's important that he sees game action um, for his development. And, 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 and that's what, that's what will happen. It has nothing to do with the quality of his play or anything like that. It's just, 
you know, the reality. And, and Shane, I, you know, all the guys, I think the idea, I looked at this earlier, you know, who, what teams might be interested in, you know, making a goaltending move. It rarely happens in season. It's a hard thing to do. Freddie Anderson has a modified uh, no trade deal. I think it's a 10 team trade list, according to my handy dandy cat friendly site. Um, but I, again, I, I'm with Mike. You know, have the the depth is a is a security blanket, and <laughs> you've got depth when they're healthy. Take advantage of that, and then just see what you know what what circumstances you know present themselves to you as you head down the you know into the second half of the season. All right, Scott. Let me bring Captain Fantasy, also known as Shane Willis, into the real world here because everything <laughs> no, but everything Shane said is correct. I, I'm not I'm a great fantasy player, by the way. I, you. <laughs> I've never seen somebody I picked up a guy this morning for us. I mean, he if if you were a real general manager, I would hate playing for you because I don't know if I'd have a nameplate when I walk into the office that day. Always got to be on your toes. <laughs> so anyway, that's fantasy hockey, and that's what you're playing. But Scott, to uh, to our good friend Shane's point here, and I just want to lob this one right back at the table. If you can tell me something tangible that the Canes would get for either netminder. As we're hosting a podcast here, if you could tell me, and we can't get into specific players because of what we do, but it would be this player, this kind of player, then sure, if it's something that I think is going to make the Carolina Hurricanes better tomorrow, yes, I would do that. But you cannot tell me that that deal is out there, that deal is on the table, that another general manager is going to give up, if they're looking for a goaltender, that they're going to give up a piece that will make the Carolina Hurricanes then better than their team by giving up that piece from their team. You get what I'm driving at? That's am, that's the thing. I am, but I think where I'm sitting is looking at quality. I think your mindset is you're trying to get a top six forward. You don't need that because Max Pacioretty is coming back. I'm looking at heavy physical oh, no. top 5D I, or some meat up front. I mean, I'm you talking about you if, can get that for anybody. If we're going in years past, and Scott, you remember this, when Julian Brisebois was going out and adding Barkley Gaudreau, and people are looking, what are you giving up for Barkley Gaudreau? Correct. You know, what are you giving up for? You're giving up a first-round pick for Blake Coleman? Well, there's a reason why you do that. But that's what I'm saying is, do you think, if you tell me that you can fetch that, mm-hmm. all right, well, now now the door is open. But yes, uh, And I, I believe, Scott, you have heard why Don does not listen to either Shane or I when we have <laughs> ideas for him. So it comes into that. There's another player, there's another player I want to pick your brain on. I do think we're all going to agree on this, but it's Marty Natchez's season. This is sustainable for the whole 82, right? We're not just seeing a hot start. I believe that what we've seen out of Marty Natchez in these first 26 games, we're going to see it over the whole long-haul 82-game season. Yeah, and I think we talked about this early on and he, after he got off to such a ferocious start. And I, was, you know, I, I wasn't skeptical necessarily, but I was curious to see what would happen when, you know, when you hit a little bit of a wall. And, you know, it happens, you know, unless you're Connor McDavid. Um, you know, it, it, it happens where things, you know, where you go a bit dry. And I was curious to see whether it would be, you know, something that sort of built on itself and maybe, you know, because, you know, Marty's talked so candidly about how disappointing his season one was last year. And then after getting the, the, the new deal done and coming back and, you know, recommitting to be a better player, um, you know, I, you, you wonder if the confidence erodes more quickly if you if you run into a soft spot but it really hasn't happened right and, and you know as you point out we're talking about a guy who's at 28 points in uh 26 games so he's on an 80 
84, 85 point pace. I mean, how, you know, how incredible would that be at the end of the season if that's where that young man is? And I, I, you know, I see no reason that he can't be in that, you know, mid to high seventies, close to a point a game. There's no reason for him not to. Um, and I, I love, you know, how he and, and, and both he and Andre Svechnikov for, for my money. I love how they both played, um, so well at both ends of the ice and you have to if you're playing for Rod Brindamore but I loved how you know both those young players you know playing together so often but how their games have evolved and matured and grown you know the points are important they they absolutely are but if you're going to win a Stanley Cup you have to be you have to be the complete player and I think both those players are are trending and tracking towards being just that People forget how young they are, right? Both those guys are so young. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been terrific to watch because you knew how badly he wanted it, and you knew how disappointed. You know, a lot, it, you, there was a lot of disappointment about how you know how his evolution had gone. It hadn't gone the way that people would have expected, given his high draft status. So it, it's a real, you know, it's a it's a lesson in patience, I think, and, and I think it's a lesson in perseverance in terms of Marty Metchat and what he's and what he's shown so far. Uh, we've got Scott Burnside with us, of course, special contributor to CarolinaHurricanes.com or Hurricanes.com. And, of course, if you are not following Burnside on hockey, you should because that tracks everything going on in the world. I want to go back um, to something you said earlier, and we'll get away from the Canes for just a minute, but it affects the Canes. It's the Metro Division. Is this what we're seeing out of New Jersey? Is this the real thing? I mean, that when I talk about sustaining something for the whole year – they're, they're on pace to set records the way that the Devils are playing. And I will admit, it is kind of funny to hear fans say, sorry, Lindy, uh, chanting to their head coach who they wanted fired before the start of the year to the season they're off to. But with what you've seen out of Jersey, is this something where you're like, okay, we, we want to keep them within in sight? You know, you want to play for the, the division? Or is Jersey going to be this team that just goes on one of these rips that we see during the course of a, a regular season? Yeah, no, I I think they are the real deal. I thought they, I you know, I thought they might be a bubble team this year. I thought that you know guys like Nico Heischer. I don't think people understand what a what a terrific young player he is. A great two way center, um, and of course Jack Hughes. The, you know, I think a lot of people expected that this was going to be a breakout year for him, and it's turning out that way. Uh, but there's a lot to like about that lineup. And uh, I talked to Tom Fitzgerald, the GM there uh, in New Jersey, not too, too long ago. It was during their winning streak. Um, and, and just to listen to him talk about how the organization really did a lot of soul searching and, and self-assessment on how they conducted business. And it wasn't just Lindy Rutten and his coaching staff. And his coaching staff was remodeled during the offseason. Um, and it wasn't just about... You know, bringing in a, a player like Andre Palat, who's been injured for a lot of this season, sadly, by the two-time Stanley Cup winner. Um, they, you know, they, he spoke glowingly about former Hurricane Eric Halla, right? And, you may, and there's a guy that you know, was involved in a trade for Pavel Zaka, and you wonder, wow, well, geez, you're giving up on a young kid. And But they love Eric Halla, his work at center, and uh, that's where they use him almost exclusively. And it's you know, it's just really come together there. Dougie Hamilton's an important part, obviously, of that team. And, you know, Carolina fans understand how dynamic he is. But that defense has also changed over the years as well. It's become bigger and heavier. And uh, I talked to a scout a, a while ago who felt that that was really what was holding the team back, a, you know, solid goaltending 
and uh, a, a bigger presence on the back end. And they are, they're a hard team to play against. They play hard. They remind me a little bit of Carolina, right? Like they, they come at you in ways. They are a four line team. They're very responsible, you know, at the, uh, at both ends of the ice. So uh, I, I do think this, uh, it's sustainable. I'm, I'm curious to see what happens come playoff time, right? They're a playoff team, but you know, for a young team to go to the playoffs and let's, you know, they're going to end up playing, uh, you know, what an Islanders or, you know, they're going to play a good team <laughs> because, you know, Tampa's in the wild card spot right now. Maybe it's Tampa, maybe it's Florida, you know, maybe Toronto falls down into that. Um, you know, maybe it's, you know, Pittsburgh or, or the Islanders or whatever. They're going to play a good team. And I think that will be the real test for New Jersey is you've accomplished the regular season goal. But now you have to bring, you know, you have to bring something different to the table come playoff time. But it's fun to see. And that market deserves some good news. It, it just does. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they're they're so talented and young up front and remind me a lot of the Hurricanes from a few years ago when the page started to turn and that young talent started to show up and play the right way. But I agree with you. When you get to the playoffs, are those youngsters aware of the difference of playoff hockey and what they can do? You have a guy like Plot in the locker room, which is huge, but uh, I agree with you when they get there and face some of the heavyweights of the East, how do they perform and how do they play that consistent style in the playoffs? I'm going to give you the last question here, Scott, and say, uh, you know, which team, if there's any around the National Hockey League, maybe has impressed you the most uh, to this point in the season? Yeah, I, you know, well, Jersey would be one of them, but the Boston Bruins for me are a team. I think we probably talked about it, you know, back in September as we were heading into training camp or whatever. Are the Bruins ready to fall off the map? You know, the injuries that they were you know, that they had to endure to start the season, um, you know, some uncertainty in goal, new head coach uh, um, <clears throat> coming in, Jim Montgomery. And, and I, you know, like he, I was like, okay, yeah, no, Boston couldn't miss the playoff. Um, you know, right now they are, in fact, 14-0-1 at home. Um, it, they're just, they're so impressive. And, and good for Jim Montgomery, who, you know, got a second chance as a head coach after some personal problems and, in Dallas and then <clears throat> joined the St. Louis coaching staff with Craig Berube, but good for Jim Montgomery. And that team plays hard and they play hard every night. Um, plus 47 goal differential. Like it's, it, it, I, I just, there's a team for me. I'm like, holy cow. And they play a kind of playoff style of hockey <clears throat> that like to me, this team is completely different uh, in the way that they play. Than, than the team that the Hurricanes beat in seven games in the first round last spring. They're just they're just different, even though their personnel is much the same. Uh, I just think they play a completely different game for Jim Montgomery, and um, they are going to be a handful. You know, as long as the goaltending holds up, they're going to be a handful come playoff time. So I'm, I'm, I'm you know good on the Boston Bruins um, for the the product they put on the ice when a lot of people felt that the window was definitely closing on them. Yeah, and what a difference bringing back a guy in David Krejci makes. I think that yeah. when we talk about balance and what that does for Montgomery's lineup just by having him and then a guy that's kind of getting back into his own and the reason why he was drafted first overall, Taylor Hall has been on fire. Well, I, I think I yeah. think what you said for Boston, bringing Krejci back to the lineup, really, I mean, he's a special player. And anybody who's watching NHL, and you know that, Scott, for his career, you look at his numbers, that was the funny thing for me. His playoff numbers are up there 
in the the top two in Bruins history with uh, the illustrious postseason play that they've had. That's saying something for him. Uh, before we let you go, I know that Shane had the last question. Uh, I just want to know if there's any other any other topic you want Shane and I to debate where he and I can go tooth and nail at each other, just to you know, in the spirit well, of the holidays. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I think you should talk about the uh, power play alignment. I think you should talk mostly about line combinations when Max Pacioretty comes back because that's an easy one, right? Yeah. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll yeah, have so that done in I, no time. I, I want that. I want, but I want to be part of it. So don't don't okay. have that discussion without me. Right, Just I call was, me whenever you're going to do it. Yeah, I, I gets, was when he gets close because we know. Um, Rod Brindamore does listen to the show, so yes. we'll make sure we get all our thoughts um, that he can take to the whiteboard in his office. Rod, that's Shane Willis making that comment, just so you know. And I know he'll write them down and buy some new uh, dry erase markers for him, and then Mike will buy the eraser. I'll buy the eraser, erase. yeah, and he'll erase them all, and that'll be uh, Shane's point, erase. Uh, moving on. Mike's point, not even getting on the board, we can save the eraser. Uh, thank so, you for that. Uh, my part, it's just before we go, next time we chat, I'll have to tell you the story about how Dave Tippett let me help do his lineup in Arizona one time when I was uh, was working at ESPN. So but that's a story for well, another day. Well, we'll, we'll hope, hopefully Rod heard that and I he like, can bring us in the room. <laughs> hang on, I like that. There's a tease for the next time we have Scott Burnside on. This man's a broadcasting professional, everybody. Thank you very much. <laughs> Scotty, uh, just we'll, so you know, the team's going back on the road. We'll see you guys in a month. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> See see you guys in 2023. Uh, Scott, we'll see you again. Hopefully, we'll get you in the studio next time for the podcast. Uh, if we don't talk to you before, have a happy holidays. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, yeah. same to both of you guys. Uh, take care. Thank you. Always good to get Scott Burnside to talk with us. There was some solid debate going on in that one. I, I didn't realize he was going to come in here and, and start. Why did uh, he stir the pot? Well, did he stir the pot or did you stir the pot? That's up for debate. It is. <laughs> But I, I don't disagree with you. I to think go, you did a little bit. Well, I did, well, I disagreed with you. <laughs> I agreed with Scott. We're partners on the podcast. There's no disagreeing. I agree with Scott. I I thought that was a. Should I have not done that? Uh, Hurt my feelings. Look. <laughs> <laughs> to, <laughs> to to that end, I I want to go back and, and there's going to be questions about it because we've got a ton of Twitter questions to get into because it's been a while, Shane. Um. I don't disagree that Pyotr Kochetkov, with what he has done so far, has earned the net for the Hurricanes. I, I'm not disagreeing with that point. I'm just saying when everybody is healthy yeah. for the Hurricanes, no, that, I mean, what do you what do you do? And there's just so many factors in involved in that. And I mean, again, we're on a podcast, so we aren't the ones that have to make that very difficult decision. No, we don't. Thankfully, um, but it's but for me, I'm looking at it not as a difficult decision. It's a good decision to have to have a goaltender who's 5-1-4, and four, who you were expecting to carry the bulk of the load in Chicago. You made a very, you made mm-hmm. a very good point to me about going down to the Wolves, who, you yep. know, this isn't, this isn't the two-time defending Calder Cup champions. No. Uh, I, I get that. But, and, and, I mean, they're injured, too. They're banged up down there. That's part of the reason they've had a tough start. But, but I, I don't think that he cares. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think he just no, wants I don't to think play. So, so but the, he, hard, the hardest part, and at one point, I think the hardest part is a player because you're playing so much. He's going to continue to play because, again, we're not talking about this because we feel Freddie Anderson is close. He's begun skating. Yeah. He started that process, and it's it's still going to be a while, I think. But as Piotr continues to play, and let's just say this, Mike, he continues to play and carries the bulk of load. Say it's what, five more games he plays, and his record right now is 5-1-4, and four, mm-hmm. and he becomes 9-2-4. 
Wow, you Mental- had him losing? Wow. Well, I had to give a token one in there. Mentally, to then bring him in and say, hey, we're going to send you to Chicago. So hard for a player. So hard. I... And I, I, I know I the kid's up and going and all of that. He's not going to be like, all right, high fives. I'm, uh, let's go. Yeah. I, can't, I can't speak to that because I, I couldn't even dream of getting to the level that you got to as a player and what those guys go through. But he strikes me as, well, I'm going to go there and play? Because I don't think that if he's got to sit here, that, because that becomes a problem. Because what are you going to do? All right, it's your turn, Piotr. And then, all right, now we've got to play Freddie. It's so not you're going to sit next be, two, and then you got to get Ronson in, in a game. And that's why I don't think it's not going to be three-man. So the, it's going to be a difficult decision when it comes that time. And it, a lot of it depends on where this team's at. Correct. Right? Where other teams are at. Where's Chicago? I mean, there's so many factors. We're, you know, we're looking at our crystal ball again. It's Chicago, which, a.k.a. the Wolves, not the Blackhawks. I wish my crystal ball was right all the time. But time will tell. But it's, it's going to be, I mean, the way we just debated will be the same debate oh, sure. inside that office. And, it, and I, it's a good, healthy debate. The only thing that I bring up about the, the situation, if all three goaltenders are healthy, and I, I know you can answer this, that's not a good solution to have three goalies with a club because you only have two nets in practice. I mean, they're all, again, we've seen it before for a short stint. Yes. They're all professionals. Teammates will go to the wall for each other. It's just a tough situation. It's tough for the coach, the goalie coach, because there's no definite answer when one guy's playing and you're not. Because you can't sit there and go, well, he's playing better than you. Because all three of them have played so well. So that's the hard part. Yeah, but I would rather have that than oh, who is going to play goal. Yes, as Columbus had last night. Yeah, and, and that... <laughs> can, we try, can we try both in the third... <laughs> Brad Larson asked, no, he didn't ask, the referees if he could put them both in at the same time. Because uh, Tage Thompson made them look silly. Yeah. I say, by the way, I'm glad you brought up that name, and we brought this up with, with Scott Burnside. Uh, Tage Thompson took a while to figure it out in the NHL. Marty Natchez has, I think he's got it figured out right now. If, if we weren't in the fandom, in the media blitz that we live in now where if you are drafted in the first round and you, you know, you've got to have 100 points by your second year in the yeah. league. I mean, it's easy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to ask you, realistically, how long does it take a human being? Because we forget that, that these are people. Hold on. How long does it take a 19-year-old? <laughs> I was going to say a kid. To, not, not a man. A kid. To adjust to life in the NHL. Which, and when you say a kid, we're talking about travel. I'm a, I'm a grown man. I'm 47, and this travel, I don't play. And there, there are days where you're like, I'm just going to stay in the wrapper until uh, time to leave. Like, everybody wants, thinks that we do all these fun things on the road. <laughs> Sleep is fun, and I enjoy it. Yeah. Executive workout. Oh, the executive is the best thing to yeah. do. Um, I say, you know, besides the small percentage of the Connor McDavid's of, of the world. Three years. I think you're, I think that's, and, when you say three years, it's not, hey, you had 10 games here and we returned you back to wherever. It's three seasons in the NHL. Yes, I three 70-game-plus seasons. I agree with that. And, and by then, you at least have, I think, you have a firm idea on what kind of player that you're working with. Right, and you adjust to the schedule, the work you have to do. You realize, again, every no different than 
anyone who goes to the gym now or, or, or people that are dieting and all those things, everyone's body is different. So you have to get into the schedule and get the grind to know what works best for you to get on a schedule, to get on a routine, to get on a, you know, a nutrition plan and figure all that out. And it takes time. Also, um, remember this. Think about when you were a senior in high school or a freshman in college, any athlete out there who's listening or anybody who's out there, and you played against a you know, 24-year-old, 25-year-old, they were, they were better than you, the 24-year-old, 25-year-old who kept playing. It's just how it works. Yeah. So unless you're one of those really, truly special players, which do come around, which maybe that'll be Connor Bedard, which I hope you like Columbus. 64 points in 28 games. That's Maybe that's why Johnny Gaudreau picked Columbus. <laughs> He's like, they're going to be brutal, and then we'll get this kid. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. Uh, Is Patrick Liney ever going to get a new turtleneck? That thing looks disgusting. I'm, you know, I'm <laughs> I mean, not. I get it. I mean, you're superstitious, if you will. I mean, that's been with him the entire time. Well, I'm sure that, well... <laughs> I'm not even going to get into your wardrobe. We're just going to move <laughs> along. Let's get to the Twitter question, Shane, because we got a ton Twitter. of them. We we've answered we've answered a couple of them, but uh, we'll get to uh, we'll get to a few that maybe we haven't, uh, such as uh, this one from Heather with Piotr Kochetkov's new contract and how he's been playing. Do you think he's more likely to stay in Raleigh? Shane and I are on different paths on this one. I don't have a problem if he stays here. But by the way, that's what I'm driving at on that. I, I just want him to play because I think the more he plays, the better he'll get. But yeah. uh, it feels wrong to send him back after he's played so well. That's from Heather. And then there was a follow-up question to this, which is what would he have to do in order to be in line for the Calder Trophy, which is the NHL Rookie of the Year, which is uh, that's from Bethany the Elf. A lot of Piotr questions. Love it, fans. Oh, excuse me. No, Bethany did not ask that. I'm I, uh, I apologize. Uh, it was uh, Brittany who asked, uh, Brittany. what would he have to do for the Calder? He'd have to stay up Did here for Bethany the rest of the Bethany an elf? No, she called herself an elf. Okay. Get back to work mm-hmm. in the uh, workshop. I know. It's, it's, it's time. We'll get, to, your we'll get to Bethany's question in a moment. So. Um, I think I'd have to look up the rules as far as the Calder for a goaltender because obviously they're different than a player of how many games they have to play and things like that. I don't know that off the top of my head. Interesting fact. When Shane Willis was a rookie, the winner was Nabokov oh, for San Jose. Evgeny. Evgeny was a goaltender. Brad Richards, second. Marty Havlat, third. Uh, Russian netminder, too, by the way. Yeah. Had a stellar year in San Jose. Yes, he had quite a few uh, good years. Um, but I agree, difficult decisions ahead. Yeah. Because he's going to continue to play. He's going to continue to play well. Um, a lot of factors when they get there to what they do. Obviously, you talk about salary caps. Yep. You talk about all these things that Don Waddell, Rod Brindamore, um, and their staff will look at. And, and it's going to be a tough decision. Yep. But um, we can only predict what will happen. Who knows what happens in the next few weeks. We're not sure how close Freddie Anderson is. Right. I know he's skating um, a couple times a week with, uh, you know, Max Pacioretty. So, we will see, but love what Piotr's done so far. I love how he continues to grow. His game continues to get better. So that was uh, Brittany and Christy with the questions on Piotr Kochetkov. Bethany, the elf, that's what it says right here. Okay, on Bethany thing. the elf. 
Who do you think the Canes should try to acquire at the trade deadline? We're, we're not even near the trade deadline. Yeah. Any holes players could come in and patch up for the rest of the season. Uh, I'm not going to go specific the holes, players. If there's, there's not really holes right now, but it comes around February, you don't know what those yeah, holes Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. We're like, still a long ways out. I think you're always going to look at, because you have Patch Ready coming back. Right. Um, does Kasha get back at right. some point? He's begun to skate. Which yes. Is a great positive news for him personally um, and this team. And then you see, I mean, you always talk about depth, heaviness when you're getting the playoff, physicality. Whether it be five, six defensemen, yeah. you know, a fourth line guy that can, you know, go out there and bruise it up or just be that presence. I mean, those are things I always like. I think if you're scoring, you're fine. Yeah. I think we all, you know, usually you talk about, oh, we could use a sniper. You're getting that for free. Right. You, I, I look at Max Pacioretty as a trade deadline acquisition for the Canes this year. So we'll see how that turns out. Uh, Bethany, it's, it's just one of those questions where I, I think we're just so far away from the trade deadline. That we could we could say, um, you know, a multitude of things, but if you're looking right now, would you say grit or heaviness? Is that what you look at? Because I know you have to have it, Shane. But at the same time, you know, skill is still king in this league. It, I mean, it is. But I think going to the question of, I think we have a ton of that. So do you add more, and where does that fit in a lineup, or is the the bigger piece that we talk about in the playoffs, more important. All right. Well, here's a question from... I mean, ultimately, you got to score. Whoa, ho, ho, ho. Whoa. Uh, Canes have the fourth best record in the conference, second in the division. But I think many fans believe we haven't seen much of the team's A game. At the third of the season, Mark, is this who the team is? I haven't seen any of it. Those games are way too late. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> and they're very good. But... There, there have been injuries, so no, I, I, I can't. I, I don't just, think we're, we will, we are at where we will be. Right? Did I say I, that? Did that sound English? No, that was actually right. Okay, we're not at where we will be. It doesn't Perfect. sound right, Wilbur. It does not sounded out there, but it will be correct. Will be yes, fully healthy. Then the team is playing some home games. Yeah, bring the heat. Well, like this team with this again, I challenge again. I love throwing challenges out there, not to this team, but to this fan base, because when. They return like seven games at home to finish this month of December. Going into Christmas, you got some time off work. You got time to buy Storm Brew. You have time to get to this rink. And this building's rocking yeah. in a playoff style atmosphere. This team will be very tough to beat at home. This team has already played 17 games on the road. By the time they're done with Detroit, they'll play 19 games on the road. They have nine wins on the road. Nine. I mean, so far. That, that's the earmark of a really good team. Yeah. Now, yeah, the bar has been raised, and as rightly so it should be. And forget our expectations. And when I say our, mine and Shane, yours listening to the podcast, except for Rod Brindamore, who Shane brought up, who does listen to this podcast. Rod, that's Hope Shane. you're having a great day, Rod. That's Shane Willis uh, saying these things. But nobody's expectations for this team and what they should do are higher than Rod Brindamore, the players in the room. The men in the front office, the well, men and women in the front office who are helping put this team together, look at numbers, kicking over every rock to see is this team where it should be. Right, because I think if you look in that room, and no, because we've talked about Sebastian Ajo, Marty Natchez, Andre Svechnikov, you know, Brent Burns, but there's a few guys that if you went up to in that room, they'd be like, no, I'm not even close. No, and we haven't seen this team with Max Pacioretty. 
We've only seen a little bit of Frederick Anderson and what he can do. And I know we've seen how good Pyotr Kochetkov has been, but right. I, I think right now, is this who the team is? No, no. because there's, there's parts that they were counting on to be in an in integral portion of this team that haven't Agreed. played yet. Uh, let's see. This is Coach Owen. What were some of the activities the team did off the ice during the little trip? Little trip? <laughs> little trip. Coach. <laughs> we got to get you on one of these trips. Yeah, it's uh, uh, not a little trip. And uh, we're, we're still on it. Uh, that being said, uh, team dinner. It was a, a big team dinner. Uh, some of the guys, you know, the there wasn't a ton of team activities uh, per se to do in California. But uh, you go down to the... The beach, we saw him play soccer uh, Saturday morning before the game against the Kings. On the beach? Yeah. There was a little patch of grass out in, you know, Venice Beach, that area Did in Santa Monica. Did you some pull-ups beside some guys out there? Yeah, Roddy and I, <laughs> right next to each other. We were doing before and after photos. Anybody roller skating? No. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I mean, there were not, none of the team. Uh, and the World Cup is going on, so a lot of times the... A lot of soccer games yeah, being watched. Yeah, the players got together and watched a, a whole bunch of soccer uh, when time permitted. So uh, I hope that answers your question on the little trip. Short Coach one. Owen. Yes. Uh, this from uh, Christy. Oh, Chrissy. No T. Sorry, Chrissy. Chrissy. What are they going to do with Dylan Coughlin after he plays with the Wolves for a bit? So just to describe that, and everyone saw the press release going down on a conditioning stint, that is a maximum of two weeks that he can spend in Chicago. Once that time frame comes up, he will have to return to Raleigh and the active roster here in the National Hockey League. So he'll be coming back. Um, will he jump right in the lineup? I think a lot of that determines on how he's playing in Chicago. Or will he assume the role he's had so far? You know, Are there guys that are injured or banged up when he gets back and he gets the opportunity to get in the lineup. Those are all factors we don't know that we'll see in a couple of weeks. Um, but I know Chicago has been really um, riddled with injuries. Mm -hmm. They're low on bodies, and uh, I know he'll be a welcome set of uh, fresh legs coming down to that team. Absolutely. Uh, this from Shaft. Let's talk about Shaft. Would you rather have Marty Natchez, Tage Thompson, or Jason Robertson? He said Robertson, but it's Robertson. Don't worry, I have typos all the time. I would not want Jason Robertson. I don't no, know I don't who know he guy. is, but Robertson. I would take them all. Yeah. I'm going to do the cop-out answer. I'll take all three of them. Yeah. I don't think you – I mean, you, you can't – So many factors in of, like, what your team looked yeah. like. I mean, the question's obviously coming in. Tate well, Thompson had five Genos last night. You also have two wingers right now in a center. So do you need a center? Yeah. Tate Thompson's playing center. Do I need a scoring winger? Uh, Jason Robertson is leading the league in goals, I think, or he's got 20 goals. Or he was the first. He was the first. He was the. He was the first to 20 goals, I think. All three the same age. I don't think they're the same age. Thompson's, Thompson's older. Uh, I can give if you give me a minute. I can no, effort this. Fine. I was just wondering, but I mean, yeah, Robertson is the youngest. I, I don't of them. want to be if I was an actual GM, and that was my choice. I don't want to make that decision. I. You're not making a bad one. The, the funny thing about that, I don't think now the way that they're playing, I don't think there is a bad choice. No, there's not. For either of them. Uh, let me, I think I misspoke, because I think Robertson was the first to I think Robertson's the older. Yeah, Robertson leads the league in goals right now. Yeah. Thompson with five last night got within one or two, I believe. Yeah. That Connor McDavid guy is really good at hockey. He's so, kind of fast. Yeah, he is kind of fast. Just so we're all clear on this one. 
no, Robertson is trailing one Connor McDavid, who's got 24 goals. Robertson has 23. How many did Connor rip last night? They Probably won eight like to two. 90. So, uh, you, you, do you think that Connor McDavid sits back there and he's like, oh, somebody just passed me in the goal lead? Yeah, okay, I'm going to take it. He gets mad. Him. He goes and breaks his stick. Uh, no, he goes and, and breaks the other team. He goes and yells at the trainer. Uh, let's see, what did Mr. McDavid have last night? One goal. Oh. So oh, two goals. Two goals, that's it. So that's how he took the lead. Yeah. Robertson had moved in front of him, and now uh, McDavid's back in the lead. Uh, Tage Thompson now has 21 goals. And, you know, we're talking about Robertson's got 41 points. Thompson's got 40 points. Natchez has 28. But, again, different system, different styles of players. You can't go wrong with any of them. No. You really can't. Uh, and it's, I mean – I get, I get why Shaft is asking the question. Just just talking about Shaft. Uh, this from Micah. When you're on the road for off days, what do you, Trip and Hannah, do? <laughs> Literally, it all depends. Why is everybody so interested with what we do on the road? Because you've been gone for so long. People want to know where you go get your hair. I guarantee you one Hannah Yates got her hair done back in her hometown in St. Louis. No, she didn't. She gets her hair done where uh, Trip and I get our hair done. She didn't get her hair done there? I thought she told me she was going to get hair done. She might have got her hair done in St. Louis too, but she got her hair done here. Trip posts it all the time. I don't. I, I don't want. I, I don't want people. I don't I'm, want people getting in my appointment time to get a haircut. I've gotten to the point. I've just given up. There's no more TV for yes. another week, so <laughs> I just let it go. <laughs> you for you, you look like a hippie. The Good height, God! The height of the spike right now is high. When are you? When are you going to Woodstock, hippie? Next week, I'll get it taken down a notch. <laughs> <laughs> nice sandals and bell bottoms. All right. Uh, this comes in. Oh, Michael wants to know what's the best restaurant in the 919. Uh, Bill Berniston said no food talk. Yeah, it's in. This is Bill Berniston coming to you live from the Canes locker room. So I can't answer that anymore. It's a deli guy in Jersey. Yeah, that's yeah in Jersey. That's the only answer that's acceptable to Bill Berniston. Because if we say anything, you'll get mad. Uh, by the way, the restaurant scene in Raleigh right now, it's not probably, it's as good as it's been since I got here 15 years ago. You haven't even been here. Where have you been going? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard. I've oh, been reading online. Uh, and then Micah has this for us. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Oh, boy. Andre Svechnikov will lead the team in points. I'm going to send that back. He will not lead the team in points. He'll lead the team in goals. But Marty Natchez or Sebastian Ajo will lead the team in points. Yeah, I'm going to send it back. I'm going to go with one Seabass. This guy is so consistent. Yeah. Night in and night out. Well, it's the last five years he's led the team in points. Yeah. Uh, Mike also wanted to know, but asked and answered. Or the way that uh, Pyotr Kochetkov is playing thoughts on moving Freddie or Ronta for a piece, I believe that Shane has made his thoughts well known. Yes. All right. Uh, Justin Hole's penalty from the other day has me thinking, what's the funniest or most memorable penalty you have all ever experienced? Shane? Well, your, your favorite penalty that you experienced was serving a penalty and then coming out on the ice and being a dash one. Yes. Maple Leaf Gardens, Paul Coffey, the great Paul Coffey took a uh, double minor. So as I was sitting on the bench, Paul Maurice decided to give me some ice time and skate over to the penalty box and serve it for him. Um, as that penalty expired, I literally had one foot on the ice as Toronto scored, which then would be a minus for myself as Paul Coffey yelled it to me. Nice minus, kid. I proceeded back to the bench and didn't touch the ice for the rest of the game. Uh, I don't know of any other funny penalties that I've seen. To be honest, you and I were talking. I haven't seen the Hall penalty. Uh, what did he do? So, basically, he uh, threw his stick at the puck. Oh. 
That's oh, that's Kasperi Kapanen. That's one for you. Uh, Justin Hall's clearing attempt bounced back to him. He caught the puck in his glove and threw the puck back up the boards. Oh, I've seen that a few times. The guy yeah. just reacts, but he closes his hand on the puck and throws, throws it. Throws it, yeah. yeah. So. Um, trying to think what I've seen. I saw, now, I saw a great reaction to a penalty, but I, I as far as, like, the funniest penalty I've ever seen, uh, I, I can't go with that. But uh, when I was working for uh, Ted Nolan in 96, 97, there was a call that went against, the, the Sabres, and Ted wanted to get the attention of the official. So he kept slamming the door, and it kept bouncing back open. He kept slamming the door, and it kept bouncing back open. And uh, the referee goes, close the door. And Ted goes, I'm trying. And he goes, I'm going to warn you one more time, close the door. And Ted's like, why don't you come over here and close the door? So, of course, now the official skates over and closes the door, and it latches in one second. So, and of course, Ted gave the official the earful, earful as he got over there and skated away. And one of the assistants on the staff goes, what was wrong with the door? And Ted Nolan goes, you like that? Yeah, you just keep your thumb on the latch and it'll bounce right back when you slam it hard. Uh. So that's the funniest thing I've heard about. And uh, Kevin Adams one time, I interviewed him, and he was talking to a referee saying that what he did wasn't an infraction, and it got caught on Mike. And uh, I then was interviewing him about this. This is years ago. I was in Richmond. I go, have you ever had an official say, I'm wrong, it's not a penalty? He goes, nope. <laughs> so we had a long-standing agreement. If you ever had it happen, he was going to call my show. Never yeah. happened. Never happens. So there you go. But, yeah, I mean, players, I have actually seen, I thought Justin Hall did something different than that. No. But I've seen players catch the puck and throw it before. Yeah. There was early one in the year. Remember, I think it was first game of the year for Jersey when Hughes scored, he threw a stick over the glass yeah. to the fans. That happened later, a couple weeks later, and someone got a 10-minute misconduct for doing it at the end of the game. I can't remember who it was. But I, I was laughing because I'm like, Hughes does something, and then so someone else does it, and they get a dime at the end of the game. It, the only reason I know that is because it helped me in fantasy. Well, the that's the only – I mean, then who cares? The, the guy got a 10-minute penalty and added to our stats. I was going to say, that's, that's a win-win. Thank you, Chris Long. Uh, I think that's former Philadelphia Eagle oh. uh, Super Bowl champion, Chris Long. I could be wrong. Thanks for listening, Chris. Yeah. Uh, let me see here. Howie Handorf, if Shane and you were to coach against each other in a pickup basketball game between the Canes, give us your starting five for each team from the current Canes roster. Five stars, best friends for life. See, if we did this, I think you and I would draft the same team. I don't know anything about basketball. Well, then I would absolutely <laughs> destroy you, and that'd be great. We'll try it. Let's go quick. How many guys are we picking? Five. Uh, you got to pick five. Right. So I'll let you pick your five, and I'll let you know if I agree or disagree. You're going to let me pick my five right off the top? Pick your five right off the top. Because, like, when you ask a question like this, we have to have a draft, right? Okay. Because if it's just me and you, he's saying pick our teams, we were we have well, to both we pick go, Jordan we Stahl gonna, to well, play in the I middle. Was picking. You give me first pick. Yeah. So I was take, I'll take Jordan Stahl. Uh, big, I will, big man under the boards. Like right. an Oster tag. Ooh, that's that's nice reference. <laughs> I thought you didn't know. Now I'm, now I'm on my heels. Now I'm on tilt here. Uh, I'll go with Jacob Slavin. Okay. I will take... Um, Svetch, because he can shoot a hockey puck. He might be able to shoot a basketball. I'm going to say probably not, but uh, let's see. <laughs> That's my theory. Yeah. I, like, I like your theory. So, Svetch, I got Slavin. Um, give me Brett Pesci, because he can talk trash. Okay, nice. You need that, you need that on your basketball team. I'm going to take uh, Aho as my point guard. Oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Aho, Aho would have been where I was leaning. Uh, you know what? 
Take his, me, take his buddy. No, I'm give me Marty Natchez. Okay. Well, I'm gonna take um, Slasher. Take it to the t- take it to the tin. Oh. You got stalls fetching Aho. You definitely got muscle. Um. Well, then I'm gonna take him. I'm gonna take Turbo. Okay. I'm gonna fine. have two dishers. There you at go. The top. That's no, that's good. There's your backcourt. I don't know if either of them can shoot, so you're good with that. Yep. Uh, I do need to get a point guard at some point. You're in, time. in trouble right now. Uh, no, I'm not. Give me Seth Jarvis. Okay. He'll be my Muggsy Bokes. And I will take Scotty Pippen, Jordan Martinuk. Damn it. Yeah. Marty, see, I thought I could wait on him. He was going to be my energy guy, my rebounder. He was going to be uh, my he's Dennis. My, he's, he's my Scotty Pippen. He was going to be my Dennis Rodman. Uh, well, that's so, what I was trying to say. That's why I don't know basketball. So with that, <laughs> he's take, my Rodman. I'll take Brent Burns. Oh. I was going to take Brady Shea to be my three-point. Uh, Is there anyone in basketball that has a beard? Oh, James Harden. Yeah, that's why. He's your James Harden. Uh, you know what? You want to go six Did you man? see how bad I didn't know basketball there? I was calling Martin a Scotty Pippen. Yeah, that's not how I wanted. No, no. You, you want to go I with want the Dennis six Rodman. Man? You want to go with the six man? Okay, off the bench. Yeah. Um. All right, because it's a snake and you've had your first pick, I'm going to take Brady Shea for my six man. I get the first pick for the bench. Okay. Brady Shea's on your bench. Yeah. I he's gonna, he's like he's gonna be like Vinnie Johnson, the microwave. He comes in, he heats up, he gets me points. Yeah. Plus, if you've noticed, I've got Slavin, Pesci, Shea, and Burns. I've got defense. We're all good on the ball. You know what I'm gonna take? Jack Drury. For the brains. <laughs> all right. He's smart. So there it is. There you go, Howie. Thank you for that. Should have been done. Howie, right let us know who did. wins. Uh the fans can let us know who wins. So Oh yeah, everyone. I'm good this. with that. All right, so you ready? Here comes Ross. How many questions, Ross? <laughs> Too many. Too many. Come on, Ross. Um, Let us have it. Are like one-timers or? Sort of. Okay, go. When, Han- will, when will Hannah get her own segment on Kane's cast? Maybe a two-minute bit where she gives listeners an interesting tidbit on a Kane's player and insight into covering hockey. You expect Mike and I to share the beer? <laughs> yeah. <that's, laughs> What's up with that? First off, uh, we'd have to give her part of our our money for doing this. What, so did, what did he want her to do? What kind of bit? Like a two-minute segment. On what? An interesting tidbit on a Canes player and insight into covering hockey. Oh. Um, so if I have to give up part of the zero dollars I f- do for doing the show and you have to give up part of the zero dollars you I get for she doing would do the show. Oh, she would. We'll definitely bring her back. The segment's got its own title. Yahtzee. Yahtzee with uh, Hannah Yates. But the question is when? So really, isn't that the question? Of we'll roll that ball down the hallway. Sure. Uh, you ready? Both of y'all. Or the last number of games, which moments would you describe as season standouts, either individual player performance, team energy? Jordan Martinuk's hat trick. Nice one. The, just the last few games. I mean. Pyotr Kurchetov telling that fan off <laughs> behind the net. <laughs> I love Did it. Did you ask him about it? No. Well, you can't English... talk to him. <laughs> so can I share a, a quick story? Yes. Uh St. Louis. So St. Louis, morning skate, he makes a stand-up kick save. Like, he kicks out. He's standing up. Old and school. he kicks out his right leg and kicks it. And, like, everybody's watching. Whoa, you know, that. And he comes into the locker room, and he he's starting to pick up some stuff. And I go, nice save. And he goes, which one? Ooh. And I go, and I illustrated. Touche. I got the leg going. It was up. Made the kick save, and he goes, 
that's how I work. And walked right past me. And he let the guy know behind the oh, man in LA. Oh, yes, he did. Give me a call. Uh, I mean, it's the Martin hat trick, though, for yeah. goodness sake. Yeah. Uh, in game 501. How about the <laughs> – I'm going to talk to these two guys about it because Brett Pesci's goal in overtime in Pittsburgh, the 2 on 0 as a former player, wasn't the cleanest. Who cares? <laughs> Who just, cares? I'm just saying. I want to talk to him and be like, what was, you know, did Svetch really want to pass it over? Brett, did you think he was going to pass it over? It's in the back of the night. Well, I loved because it, I think everybody was freaking out because they, first off, Pittsburgh had too many men on the ice. <laughs> and then everybody went after Seth Jarvis. So then Penguins fans clearly thought the Canes Everyone should have said, gotten. what? There's no hitting in overtime. The Canes should have gotten the automatic loss penalty for A, Seth Jarvis delivering a shoulder-to-shoulder hit. And then B, as the Penguins trapped him <laughs> along the boards, he couldn't get to the bench. We, need to, we should have had a gif of, like, Penguins attacking something. Put it out there. We could. We get some gif, too. Do Penguins attack things? Sure. I would imagine. <laughs> A fish, perhaps. Mm. Don't know. Uh, this for me, assuming you met him, how did you survive Manolo's energy? He seems way more WWF than golf. Uh, you got to match his energy, and I don't know if you know this, but when it's ready to do the show, there's lemon face, <laughs> lion face, <laughs> and I'm uh, lion face all the time. Yeah. So thanks for noticing that, Ross, question number 18 <laughs> that you've asked. Uh, Shane, can yes. you? I want you please answer this. Can you enlighten those of us who don't play hockey about how players are signaled to make a change? Do yes. pros just feel it? Yes. That would be, wouldn't that be something? Hey, coach, I'm going out right now. <laughs> Coming yes. out. Uh, who's communicating it? There were some lines change oopsies lately going to the Svetch play in overtime. So and that's, it's funny, tired. we were talking yeah. about that and something we talk about in youth all the time. One, the coaches are making the call on the bench of who's up next. Your job as a player needs to know where your guy is on the ice and don't get caught up kind of watching the game. And all of a sudden your guy's like, hey, and he's at the bench. So you're taking certain people when they come off. Now, as far as a player goes on the ice, if I'm skating up the ice, very rarely am I signaled to come off the ice. You're coming off when you're tired, when the puck's in a good position, usually deep in the offensive zone, and you can make a safe play. A little bit of a botch change in overtime. Um in Anaheim is what cost the Hurricanes that goal. But that's a tough position because the line change is longer. So yep. Svechnikov is trying to get the bench on a long change when Anaheim has possession. That's what you have to watch for, fans, when you're looking. Never a great time to change if the other team has full possession. If they're behind their net or deep in their zone, you can make it off. But that's always a factor. If it doesn't get across the blue line all the way in, you getting off the ice isn't a great time. Um, and you see some of those changes. No coach ever wants to see a too many men in the ice penalty. That's just a, a mental lapse, if you will. Um, but, yeah, there's no real signals to come off, but you know the coach is calling up. Usually a coach calls the centerman of the line he wants to go unless he's mixing and matching some new things coming over the boards. I could just imagine if they're – like, that's what coaches do. Is it just the players with the field? How many times would you have jumped over the bench? A lot. Jumped over the wall, I should I'm say. Feeling, I'm feeling I'm going. Bench. I'm going. I got it. It's my feel. <laughs> Woo! I'm hot tonight. Sorry, coach. Come back. No. <laughs> no, I'm out. I'm on. Uh, and then he gave us this, but I have to play it. And then have If you to like it, you can take it. What? If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Then he calls it a choose your own adventure and gives us uh, three options. That's not like a take it. That's, that's three options. 
That's a so, choose your own adventure. Love those books as a kid. So with that, so did I. Although there was one where you could never get to the end. Uh, Ross, we're disqualifying that question because it's not a uh, not a like. Here are my take. three options. Why? Ross, oh. Ross comes strong. What are they? Canes go six two and two between now and the new year. Marty gets another hat trick in that span, or Natchez averages over one point per game in that ten game span. That's not a like it, take it. That's a oh. choose. I like all those. Yeah, honestly, all of them can uh, I'm going to go with well, um, one. I, I like all of them. By the way, the way that Jordan Martin is playing right now, I wouldn't be shocked to see him get another hat. Buzzing. Uh, get another hat. around the year. office, we like to say he's buzzing. I mean, I don't know in, in the next 10 games, because like, not even Connor McDavid gets a hat trick. In really getting games, some so. rips out there. But uh, Blake West. What is it about the power play that has flipped that switch? Always felt they were close, but it's been on fire this past road trip. How did that maintain that efficiency? Part two, yours and Shane's favorite Christmas memories from growing up. Confidence is one on the power play. The vi- And I love what this group does because we talk about Chris Huffine, video coach all the time, and how much knowledge he brings to these guys and the, and the piece they put together. But even the play in Anaheim the other night, where all of a sudden they kind of go in a four-box position with Nason in the front. And they get a great scoring opportunity off it. Those are things that they're picking up now as you get more games in the season about what teams do when they're killing penalties and things you can break down. Confidence comes with one of the puck just starts going to the back of the net, too. Um, and then you ride the wave. Will they have another probably small little blip where it gets cold again? Yep, every team will. Sure. Um, but you ride that hot wave right now as they are and, and continue to use video to your advantage. Study what the Islanders do. Study what... Um, Detroit does and prepare for those games coming up. You want the uh, somewhat snarky answer? Sure. Puck's going in the net. That's all that's different. It really it is. is. They had – now, don't get me wrong. Rod Brindamore has said this. They've had some power plays this year that have just been the absolute vacuum sucking the life out of the team. But – Brutal. They've also <laughs> had some phenomenal power plays. They don't puck score. And shots that don't score. So It goes I, both ways. I'm not trying to be – I'm. It's a snarkish answer, but puck's going in the net. You know, yeah. and they're they're I think it's not that they were hesitant before, but shots are getting through with with guys out in front. They're creating a little bit more chaos. Christmas memory. Yeah, that's uh, good. What's with, your Christmas memory? Oh, my you Christmas a second memory. Question. Oh. Uh favorite Christmas memories growing up? I have I miss you know what I miss lately? And besides you mean snow. Snowmobiling. Used to do a lot of snowmobiling as a kid. We had two. We, our house, it was uh, right on the side of a lake. Just go ripping across the lake, wide open. Uh, ripping into that, you know, ripping into those first presents when you're a little kid. Oh. You know, that Santa brought for you. I was the youngest. Uh, you know, my brother is older than I am. Uh, we have two cousins that are older than both of us. I was always the kid that always got sent in. Can oh. we get up now? Yeah. Can we get up now? Well, yeah, you're Send the, the young one. kid. That's the way. I was. Well, I was the youngest of three, so it was the same thing for me. Yeah. Go downstairs. Go check it out. Yeah. Did he come? <laughs> Santa get here? Santa here yet? Uh, Seth Jarvis Fan Club. Which cane would make the best gingerbread house? Jordan Martinuk. I don't even have to hesitate for an answer on that one. I have no idea. Foodie. He's a foodie, but he has he also said in Inside a Hurricane, he's not a big cook guy. Like but he has just, a couple key the, recipes. The question is building the gingerbread house. Oh, building. It's which cane would make they the best to, gingerbread house. So we're buying the one... In a box, and he's got to put it together. No, I think that you give him the pieces, and then yeah, he yeah. Slap, like he will, he will hire an architect. He will be in on this thing. 
I don't think I don't Jordan know. Martinuk does anything halfway like that. After seeing Brady Shea and Brett Pesci do the drawing together, the blindfolded drawing, and if I paired them together, they would bring the noise. Well, see, this is now you're breaking the rule, but I'll allow it. Okay. Because it said which cane, not which canes. Okay. Uh, it's fair enough. Uh, this is from Big Sam, the Caniac Man. Sammy. Good to hear from you, Sam. What are some of the team holiday traditions, whether it be with family, each other, that go on behind the scenes? I'll ask the same about you cats on the broadcast team. Well, Shane has a dog, so does Trip. Hannah does not have a pet of yet. I do have a cat, and I don't know what my cat's holiday tradition is other than sitting on my wife's lap on Christmas Day. Um, I think that covers the broadcast team. Because yeah. cats. And I know, the, yeah. I'm the only one the Willis cats. family doesn't have any uh, major traditions. I'm, a, I'm Italian, if you don't know by the last name. Uh, Christmas presents open up on Christmas Eve, not Christmas Day. We do, we do the um, my in laws Christmas Eve because obviously it's easier mm-hmm. for everyone to get together, and then you just kind of stay at your own house on Christmas Day. And then I cook dinner. Well, my wife and I cook. Yeah, she does all the sides, and I do prime rib. Mm. The Willises are welcome. I will write that down. Uh, if you get me on a golf course, you can come over and have also, whatever you want. Okay. Of the other variety that I now collect for mm. Christmas. How do you do your prime rib? Uh, medium rare, mm. roast it in the uh, the oven. I've I've gone with a couple of different techniques. Oh, Usually yeah? put a nice rub on the fat cap, throw a little garlic cloves in there, stick it in the oven, just leave it alone. Leave it alone. Walk away. Don't touch Walk it. Walk away. Don't open it. Don't, don't touch o- it. Don't even look at it. Don't think about opening it up. Just go enjoy some quality, quality storm brew. Some, oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's a tradition unlike any other. Or bourbon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the other tradition <laughs> uh, that I was telling you. Whoopsie. Whoopsie. <laughs> Dad, how did you make it through all of these holidays? Well, I had a lot of help the, from my... You and the missus do an advent calendar? Uh, it's funny you say that. This year we did. Oh, yeah? Chocolates? Nope. Oh. You already <laughs> said the word. And it's not a storm brew advent calendar. Oh, wow. Yeah. Where did you get that? Merry Christmas to me. <laughs> no, hot toddies. <laughs> um... Moving on. Oh, uh, team traditions. The, the team has holiday parties. Uh, get together usually. Oh, right? Family skates. Yeah, family. There's usually a family skate, and then maybe a stormy appearance for the kids. Yeah, for the guys who who don't have family, usually one of the uh, players will take them in. Hey, what? That's picking up though. A few years ago. Yep. <laughs> yes, it is. So uh, let's get this one from Mark Hosen or Hosen. H O S E N. How would you say it? Awesome. 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 It is. With stall patch ready money coming off the table, are we already looking ahead to next year? Wow. Coming off the table next year. I barely know what date is today, let alone next year. I know. Uh, with stall and patch ready money coming off the table next year, really believe they need to invest in a number two center. I'm okay with Jury, KK, and stall sliding in behind even next year. What? I you just said, he said, I'm. We need to invest in one that I, he's good with all three guys coming I, back. I, yeah. Um, I think it should have been like a question mark. Like, really believe they need to invest in it? Because there's the puncture, it's a punctuation. Yeah, but it seemed like he was asking that question, but yeah, then he I, said he's good with those three. I think we're still too far out to answer that question. Out. It's kind of like the trade deadline question, which it's it's fair to ask. Yeah, a valid but, point. But I think we're just too far out from asking. Because here's, things. I'm going to answer his question. Sure. In the factors, you know what you get in Jordan Stahl. Yes. One... If that was to happen, what does that contract look like for Jordan Stahl um, at his age, term, all of those things? But then the rest of the season, when you look at the development path of Kokaniemi and Drury, where does that end up 
in the offseason. Then you have to answer your question there. Because if Drury all of a sudden is lighting it up and Kokinami's chemistry with Svechnikov goes through the roof, yeah. there's your answer. There it is. But if it doesn't develop to where you need it, then then you have another question out there of do you need to add that? Well done, Shane. Uh, in the midst of Ross, 37 questions and his not real. Is he back? And his not real. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Uh, Dr. Dubster had a question. I, I had to, I scrolled back to find it. How do the Canes maneuver the lineup once Max Pacioretty returns? Does KK center the fourth line and Natchez center the second line, or does a current top six wing drop to the fourth line? Doctor, love the question because it is probably for Mike and I, and for you and the rest of our fans, as you're at the water cooler or in your office playing that game yourself. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Rod doesn't listen to us. He listens to the show. Appreciate you, Rod. But I think you're going to have to look at chemistry, you know, where the team is at when Max becomes healthy to get in the lineup. Because if you have two lines that are buzzing, you don't want to mess those up. I mean, but I, your options are unlimited, really. Yeah. Uh, RB Kaniak, who doesn't follow me. What's going on here, RB Kaniak? How else are you going to get in touch with Shane Willis on Twitter? Come on, RB. Uh, but we'll answer your question anyway. Is that Rod? <laughs> Uh, no offense to the photo that this RB has. No, it's okay. not. Uh, assuming no other injuries in the meantime, how do you expect the return of the currently injured players might impact the roster? We just answered that. Improving. Yes, it'll make them. It'll make, it'll make the, roster, the roster better. It'll make the roster better. Whenever you can get more players. Uh, this one. When you are on long road trips, do you take clothes for every day, or do you get laundry done? What's the weirdest thing that has been brought? That's a great question. What is the weirdest thing that has been brought with them on a long trip? What? Might have been weird. I, I mean, some guys used to bring like Xbox, Xbox or PS4, if you consider that weird. I'm a... Uh, Somebody brought a, a living mongoose. I thought that was normal. Are you serious? Oh. oh. <laughs> Although Brent Burns probably would be the one guy. <laughs> I was like, wow. I have not been on that. Uh, no. I, I am a... Uh, just to go back to the packing thing. You obviously try and pack light. Uh, so then, when you're wearing suits, see, I'm mad at this. Question. I'll go with the same suit, different shirt and tie combo. I bring. I have learned because my first year, if we had like a five Are you a game, spiller. If we had, no, <laughs> no, no. If we had a five game trip, I would bring five suits. Okay. And I learned, nope, can't nope, do that. Nope, nope can't do that. Um, I don't get laundry. I'm not going to sit in a laundry mat when I'm on the road. <laughs> nope. Uh, so when you say you get laundry done, the, the players can get laundry done because there's laundry at the rinks. Those hotels could do your laundry. Uh, I'm not going to pay to get my laundry done. So you pack enough. Yeah. I, I mean, and let's face it, we're only, while we make it out like it's a long time. Yeah, you're only in those hotels for like two days. Yeah, you bring, like, there's not a lot of time where I'm out of a suit or, you know, because we've got to wear a suit on road games for the morning skate then at the game that day. So, you know, you bring maybe one or two pairs of jeans. Yeah. And a couple of shirts. As long as you're not a spiller. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing worse than when you spill something worst. early on the trip. You're like, oh, the worst. Because there's nothing worse than doing laundry in your hotel room sink. You look down and see this spot, and you're like, come on. Now I got to go buy something. And if you need something, you go buy something. We, we stay in areas where there's stores yeah. usually near. It's here. not like we. Yeah. Here I got traded. Yeah. As Trip told a great story uh, um, when you guys were in Chicago. Went to Tampa. I was on a uh, two-and-a-half-day trip. That had one suit. I took one suit and another shirt to wear to the next game. 
I was in Tampa for a week with that suit. And, and that other shirt. Yes. <laughs> I did make a trip to the mall. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, and, again, it's not like we're exiled. <laughs> if we need something, you just go buy it. I think he's saying, if you, why are you going to buy it? Just get it washed at the hotel. You're paying anyways. But now I have a now <laughs> I have a nice article of clothing that I can have. Correct. So might find something new. And then now, why are you asking this? Is Bill Berniston happier since there's not as much food talk on Kane's cast? Why are you doing it? Why are you poking the bear? All right, you're, I'm banning questions from this account for. Bill's uh, always happy when he listens to the podcast. That's right. This is Bill Berniston coming to you live from the Kane's locker. Sound like somebody angry with you? I am banning questions from this account until the new year. <laughs> I don't believe you. I'm not gonna. I'm not. <laughs> I. I you're not going to be able to ask questions. You don't have Twitter. It's true. You don't even know who asked the question. Send some questions to my Venmo. <laughs> Shane R. <laughs> Willis. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, and, oh, this one's for you from Bud Mark. Buds. Last question. What's it like on the ice? What kind of banter goes on between the teams? Any opponents mm-hmm. actually funny or is it all trash talking showdown? A little bit of both. Yep. You know, every team is a little bit different. Some teams have the... The chatty uh, mouth runner. The chatty Kathy. Some get funny. It depends on the game. Sometimes it's funny and you kind of put your head down into your glove because you don't want to want to see you're laughing. Sometimes it's offensive and you say, hey, you've crossed the line. Yes. That's don't get you, personal. That's when you see guys snap and some fisticuffs can usually come out. Yeah, don't get personal. Um, best one, I'll just leave it at this. Best one I ever heard, my first year in the minors, played with Byron Ritchie my entire junior career. Uh, we're in New Haven. It's right around this time during the holidays. There's a scrum in front of the net. It's getting heated. Guys are popping each other. And he skates. He doesn't even stop to get involved. He skates basically through the pile. Come on, guys. It's Christmas. <laughs> and keeps going. And it totally stopped everything. We all stop and look at each other. Guys trying not to laugh. The linesman starts laughing. And the scrum dispersed. Yeah, there you go. Uh, funniest I heard, because a few times I was between the benches, I don't know if I've relayed this story or not, but it's worth it again. Um, P.K. Subban and Justin Falk knew each other. So Nashville's playing the Canes. Justin Falk, of course, still a member of the Canes for me to tell the story. P.K. Subban in Nashville. And, like, there was a bit of a scrum, and Subban jumped in at the end, and Falk kind of ripped them away. Uh, it, it was sort of somewhat heated. By the way, P.K. liked to talk. He, he'd talk to anybody. He would talk to me. That's why he's on ESPN now. He, he would, like, he's sitting there talking to me, and I'm in between the benches. I'm like, okay. So now it's the, the change where the defense is by the, by the box in the middle. And Subban just starts, I mean, really going after Justin Falk about don't do that again. Don't you ever do that to me again. You do that again. You and I are going to have a problem. We're going to go. And using – Using some some yeah, verbiage, throwing some words, some language, and Justin Falk is just not even not even turning his head to acknowledge it, just looking like where the play is, just stoic looking. And I'm like, look, and I'm like, my head's like going back and forth, back and forth. And then Subban says something. He goes, "You couldn't take me. You don't want a part of this." And I looked over at Subban, and Subban looks at me and winks. <laughs> and I now I don't want to laugh, but that's funny. Subban goes over the boards. And I wish I could remember who was Falk's partner or who was sitting next to him at the time. He goes, is he really going to fight you? And Justin Falk goes, zero chance he drops the gloves with me. <laughs> it's just a really good story. Uh, so, and it was like, there it was some funny. good talkers out there. Yeah, I mean, it was funny. It was like good, good banter back and forth. Because I'm like, oh, man, we're going to, because I'm sitting there, because you've been down there and you're like, 
our, our producer, Jim May. I'm like, Jimmy, 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 I think we got to keep an eye on Subban and Falk. I think they're going to go. Yeah. Like, I'm saying all and that. also, do not make my mic hot right now. <laughs> <laughs> do not come to me. Do not come to me. Nope, nope. Now's not the time. Or at least if you do, have the guy in the button ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of that, the fans can get ready. Been given the nod going between the benches against the Devils. Slap hands. Everyone slap, slap hands. hands. Slap hands. What's the that chances? Was, wait, we can do better. Yeah, we, ready? There there's we go. One. What are the chances when the Canes score that night? If I lean over, can I get in the fist bump when they come down the oh, bench? I think you definitely can. That would be good TV. I think you can. That's I think you should. Just see what happens. Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. Like, just put it right next to whoever the backup goalie's glove is. Yeah. See if I get one. I think you'll get one. <laughs> Tell the camera guy. Keep the, keep the camera on Willis. Right, so that'll be it. Uh, Shane, that'll do it for episode 233. Anything else? Great day, my friend. Great to see you. Better to see you. See you later tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll see you next week. Yeah. Have a great road trip. All right. That's the way we end this one. Thank you.